Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 81 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I uh, I tend not to have a lot of gripes with the tech I use, but when I have them, I get really, really angry. So for once, I have an Apple story I'd like to share with you, if that's okay. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. All right. So uh, I was trying to listen to our episode because basically what happens is that we record about a week out. Um, so that gives Angela and I time to edit and to uh, re-listen to a work in progress, make sure everything's okay. So I was trying to move that MP3 of like our, you know, of the episode that comes out on Wednesday a couple of days before. And so I decided, hey, why not try to use the airdrop feature, which is, you know, presumably a good idea. So I turn airdrop on on my Mac laptop, turn it on on my phone, and I try to move the MP3. And when I receive it to my phone, it says open with dot, dot, dot. And my two options were Microsoft Outlook and Slack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, iOS doesn't really know what to do with MP3s that aren't sent through messages. It's, it was very confused and I tried it multiple times and I started Googling around and I couldn't find a good, uh, like a good answer. Everyone was kind of complaining about the same thing, but how stupid and unfortunate airdrop is for anything that isn't a picture or like a location. Yeah, it's really great for pictures. In fact, that's why I use it mostly. Uh, for MP3s, it won't really work. You'll have to like stick that MP3 in like an iCloud account or a Dropbox or whatever or your Google Drive and you'll be able to play it that way. Okay, so that's the only real way I can get on my phone because what I'll tend to do is either that or upload through Overcast. But I figured because I'm on my local network, it's probably going to be faster than uploading um, to the internet and then back down to my phone. Well, with your internet connection, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm running a <laughs> DSL connection in a um, pretty old building whose wiring is not the best. So unfortunately, yeah, uh, yeah. that's all I have to say. Because I was one. wondering why you needed to do that and then you explained to me why. And yes, that makes sense because otherwise I would have just said, just put an overcast because that's the best way to listen to it. Uh, yeah, so I am old. Uh, the irony of uh, having an antiquated internet connection while running a tech podcast is not lost on me. Yes, it's it's actually pretty funny to me every time. And I, I like to uh, bring it up and sort of bug you about it. Maybe you'll uh, move into my neighborhood. We have really good internet here. This is not the first time you've mentioned me trying to buy a house near you. And I don't know how I feel about that because I like my distance. I'm a very, I'm a some private person. I enjoy the fact that we are 45 minutes away from each other. Uh, I uh, tolerate you as a human being, but no uh, much uh, more than that. You'd come over, we would record in person. It'd be a lot of fun. We haven't done that in about a year and four months now at this point. Yeah, we did that in July of 2017. Because someone can't come to the big old city because he's scared. There's a lot of traffic in the city. Uh, speaking of cities, uh, sometimes uh, in places such as large cities, there are facilities such as hospitals. And sometimes uh, certain things happen in hospitals that cause iPhones to stop working. How's that for reaching to our next yeah, topic, Angela? You really stretched <laughs> for that segue, but I'm proud of you. So, yeah, why don't we talk about uh, hospitals, iPhones and the problems inherent and why they don't work? This article kind of made me laugh, but it, it's impressive how badly helium affects iPhones. So there was like a helium leak in a hospital because they had installed an MRI. And apparently, I guess, when you have to cool the magnets in the MRI, you have to use liquid helium. The process creates uh, gaseous helium, I guess would be yeah. the right term. Yeah. And then it ends up in the... They, they had like a process where they're supposed to like expel it from the building, but something was wrong with the ducts and it got into the building, which I guess helium is not poisonous, but it's not good for iPhones. And uh, there's a joke here to be made 
about people talking with high-pitched voices, but I guess not. Oh, I thought the joke was about gases. No. No. No, right. no that's, that's crass, Brian. Dad jokes are <laughs> never crass. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know about that one. Sometimes they're borderline, though. Let's, let's be honest here. So I didn't realize a gas could harm an iPhone this much. Somebody tested it by putting it in a bag with the helium, and it basically froze the phone. So, yeah, they, they put the timer in there and uh, the timer started speeding up. And then about the eight minute mark, it just stopped working altogether. So apparently it messes with the clock of the iPhone. Um, does it make it vibrate more quickly? Like sort of what it does with human um, vocal cords? Oh, maybe. Uh, I am not a science man at heart and you know this. So I feel like you're unfairly picking on me, but I will uh, somehow, some way uh, keep on living. Uh, something to note, though. uh Android users, not a problem for them. Really? Yeah, it says on the article. Oh, I, I didn't read the whole article, I guess. Oh, I just, you just part. blocked out the notion of Android phones being okay. But yeah, so <laughs> um, blinders on. So yeah, so someone had posted a uh, uh, a post to the system in subreddits. Um, and this guy, Eric uh, Woldridge, is a system administrator um, Illinois and in Illinois. And he was listing off um, sort of what happened. And then like how like the 40 different Apple devices kind of just went kaput around him. And he was trying to figure out what the problem was. And then he came upon um, the fact that they were installing an MRI machine. And uh, he thought it was the, the, the MRI... Um, um, equipment itself but then why were the android phones working so upon a deeper dive he realized that it was in fact the helium now has apple commented on this uh, do we know anything more from them no oh so but they have explicitly mentioned in the phone's manual that uh exposing iphones to environments having high concentration of industrial chemicals including near evaporating liquefied gases such as helium may damage or impair iphone functionality oh okay well that explains everything then so they've actually explicitly said this. It's just something that hasn't, I guess, um, come to light as much as other um, Apple issues. I wonder if uh, clowns at birthday parties have trouble with their iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any clowns listening to us? I wonder that. Uh, clowns, Angelo, terrifying or not? I, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Have either of your children asked for a clown for their uh, birthday party? No, they have not. I know several people who are adults and are terrified of clowns. So um, much power to anyone out there who isn't terrified. I myself am not. Um, but I've met a lot of people, a surprising number, who uh, dislike clowns. Um, uh, I once had an argument with a, a bunch of friends of mine, and we were trying to figure out the like valid reasons for why clowns exist because they don't uh, uh, make you laugh necessarily. Like when you're adult, like they're not, you know, their dopiness is kind of like targeted towards children. So why do they exist? And someone said, "Well, some people need jobs." Clowns are weird. Uh, well, well, there's not much more to say about that. Uh, I'd be interested in knowing if there's any clowns that listen to us. Did we just accidentally defame some of our listeners? If so, I apologize. Uh, sorry, not sorry, though. Uh, clown's still terrifying to me. If you want to uh, chime in on the great clown debate of 2018, double underscore density on Twitter, please, please, please. Moving along, you texted me this weekend uh, with a very interesting question because I uh, I write for a living, right? And I figured that's why you hit me up with this one. So do you kind of want to explain the conversation you had this weekend? My daughter's been uh, typing out a story she wrote for the first time, I think, really, on a on a computer. And uh, they what is uh, a computer? Yeah, th th <laughs> and that's like a joke, right? Because uh, the iPad reviews came out, and everybody's like falling over themselves to like try to prove that the iPad is not a computer or it is a computer or whatever. And uh, I'm of the opinion people should just use what they want to use and get their work done. And if they like using iPads, iPads are great. And if they like using quote-unquote, real computers, uh, then those are great too. But uh, on a side note, the new iPads are incredibly fast. 
See, I um, there's a lot to unpack there, so I'm just going to move on uh, because I feel like we may fall into an apple hole if we don't. But anyway, so your daughter was busy typing a story and um, continue. Yeah, she was typing on my wife's MacBook Air and my wife was telling her to put two spaces after a period. And I said, no, that's what we used to do with typewriters because uh, otherwise people were typing too fast and keys were getting like jammed together. But on a, on a word processor, it's not a big deal anymore. So I said, well, let me ask Brian. And you basically said both ways are right. And it just depends on when you learned how to type. Yeah. So the older style of the two spaces was when um, you were taught typing classes on a typewriter. And that was, it was to clearly differentiate the start of a new sentence. And so what had happened is that uh, people who uh, had learned on typewriters, but let's say like your high school teacher, you're moving from typewriters to computers. When you instruct your students um, on how to type on a computer, the double space stands. Whereas newer um, techniques and ways of learning uh, indicate, and as you were saying, it's easier to do one space after the period. I remember in like grade six or seven, when we were typing on computers, initially they said put two spaces after the after the period. But then, like, I never really did much typing in high school. You didn't have a computer class at all. We had computer classes. We actually had like uh, vintage 1984 Max. I mean, it wasn't. It was like 1980. It was like 1990. So they weren't that vintage. But I, I we didn't really have much of a computer class. No, not really. In grade nine, I got my Magnavox uh, 16 megahertz PC with one uh, X CD-ROM that had a CD caddy. And I, I guess, I, I don't think, I remember what I did. I think I just used one space because it looked fine and nobody ever said anything about it. And uh, I didn't have the internet to fall back on to look this up. Uh, later on, when I was writing papers in university, I, I did kind of look into it and found out that one space was totally acceptable. And that's what you continue doing to this day. Uh, I don't mock you for using two spaces. I don't mock anyone for using two spaces, but I do question who you learn your computer skills from. Video game news. Uh, this wouldn't be an episode of Double Density if we didn't continue video game season. So Angela, I give you a choice now. You either have your 90 second farm report now, or we could talk about something interesting first. There's, uh, there's not much uh, to report from the farm, so we'll all report it later. Okay, so let's talk about something that you really want to talk about that you just spent a lot of money on. Uh, very excitedly, I think, for you and the kids, you want to talk about the new Smash Bros. There was uh, the last uh, Nintendo Direct about Smash Brothers Ultimate. And uh, is it Smash Brothers or Smash Bros? Like, what do it you say? How, it depends if, are you, do you wear like a baseball cap like with the brim forward or backwards? Forward. Okay, so it's Brothers. Okay, so Smash Brothers is coming out soon in about a month. And uh, there was Last Nintendo Direct. And I watched it with my daughter. My son didn't really seem too interested in watching it. He just wants to play eventually. He was actually busy playing uh, Smash Brothers Wii U uh, while we watched the Direct. Something um, was shown, which is the story mode, and it's called World of Light. And it's sort of bonkers. Uh, how so? Everybody dies except Kirby. Kirby's left to save everyone. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, like you, I, I, I really encourage anyone to go and watch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the link to the trailer in the show notes. Go watch it. It's, it's crazy. Like all these master hands show up and start killing everybody, and like including like everybody, right? Like Mario, Luigi, everybody's dead. It's awful, and or like they get vaporized, like they get sent into another plane. I guess I don't know. And then you see Kirby escaping. I'm like, oh no, poor Kirby's like escaping, and he makes it, and then he's left to start getting everybody back from the spirit world. So is he the, the protagonist then, ostensibly? Uh, to begin with, yeah. I, I'm assuming that you'll start with Kirby and then you'll start getting other characters to okay. start getting everybody back. Because there's like 74 characters in this game. 
Oh, shoot, not including okay. Echo fighters. Well, I don't want to talk about it. You mean alt costume fighters? Yes. Well, not really, because they were showing. Uh, they they announced another um, another Echo fighter, and it's Ken, and he's Ryu's. Uh, yes, Echo Fighter, obviously, but they move differently and they have different moves. So really, it's, it's, yeah, like, but this, so that, that's not an Echo Fighter to me. Well, they share a lot of mo- of of their move set. It's just that certain moves by Ryu are are slower than Ken's and vice versa. Like you see, Ken walks faster. They they actually show this in the video. Okay, so I definitely need to rewatch that because I didn't notice uh, Ken and, and Ryu. I left this uh, this Nintendo Direct feeling like overwhelmed with how much is going to be in this damn game. Well, how much did you spend on this? Like, because what you did is you bought the game and like a season pass, I guess. Like, yeah, that's there's, what I, yeah. It, and it's really interesting how they announced season pass in that they said, uh, we have no, like, buy it only if you're confident in what you think we'll give you. Wow. Okay. Because they, they, they're not saying at all. They, I don't even think they have it ready. What they announced is that from now, from the time the game comes out until February, 2020, they're going to release five packs and each pack will include a fighter, a new background and new music. So what is the what was the baseline for the game? How much was the game? The game was the regular price. It's uh, in Canada. It's a sixty dollars game in the U.S. In Canada, it's it's eighty bucks. Okay, so and you paid an extra forty bucks for five. No, fighters. no, not forty dollars. It was like thirty bucks, I think. Well, even then, like you told me, it was one hundred twenty. So that's 80. taxes and everything. Okay, but, but yeah. you were still spending that money though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. I because it's it's cheaper to get in one shot, and I know we're going to want it. Uh, Nintendo does a good job with DLC. As much as they have no idea how to do things with online. Every time I've, I've purchased DLC through them, I've never been upset. So uh, have you talked to your kids about what fighters they'll want to use? Yeah, they already know. Like Nolan's ready to, to pick up uh, and fight Yoshi. And Cassandra's ready to play with Zelda. She likes Zelda and Zero Suit Samus. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, do you feel like that may change once the game comes out? Because sure. they have a huge roster to choose from. It's insane, the roster, and uh, for sure, they're going to have uh, new ones they're going to want to play with. You know, if I had to d- like guess which character you'd probably pick on Smash Brothers, or I'm going to call it Smash Bros, because my hat is backwards, my friend. Uh, please note all fellow kids out there. I'd say Ness from Earthbound would definitely be your spirit animal. I, I like him. I like Earthbound. But no, I I kind of like alternate between different characters. I like Link a lot. But I'm, I have no real particular ones I have like an allegiance to because I'm not good at Smash Brothers at all. So you're not entering tournaments? You're not uh, winning prize money? No, not at all. I like Samus a lot. Uh, okay. She's cool. Uh, Pit is fun, actually. Okay. And uh, the, the characters from Fire Emblem, like Marth and Lucinda, is that her name? Okay. Yeah, they're good. They're cool. And uh, for me, I'm a Kirby boy for life. So... Uh, I, are That's you just are like you else. saying that for for sure? Like real? Like oh uh, yeah, you know yeah from the original Smash Brothers from the, from the sixty four onwards. Yeah, I'm a Kirby boy. Anyway, Smash Brothers Ultimate looks amazing, and I can't believe this whole story about uh, World of Light and Kirby being like the, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> well, like a new Kirby game. Uh, well, ostensibly, but I'm curious to see if they're going to release like other like if there's like a core of like four heroes and four storylines, right, or something like that. Because I would put it past them to like maybe like have a couple of story modes. Well, look, it really made it look like everybody died except for Kirby. Okay, okay, so maybe it's that. Uh, him and Bowsette. Yeah, and then, and then you're fighting all the evil versions of uh, your friends. All right, Angela, let's move on to the most important discussion we'll have all episode. It is Angela's Stardew Valley Farm Report. Starting now, you have 90 seconds, my friend, so go ahead. I got married. How did you, um, uh, how did you propose? I gave her the mermaid something or other. Really paying attention to all the details. Your, your wedding is starting off real well, my friend. The other day when I was playing, 
I got up, she wasn't in the house. I went outside and she's standing on the porch saying, I got up early and fed all the animals for you. What's the problem with that? I have an auto feeder. So she did nothing. <laughs> so literally she just wanted to be away from you. Like I have no idea who she thinks she's kidding. Anyway, I left and went and fought skeletons in the skull mines. Can you procreate in this game? Yes, you can. Okay. Is this something you're intending on doing it? And if so, are you going to sit your kids down and talk to them about it? I actually have no idea how that works. Double density. Last thing on the docket this week is something super cool that Google has been uh, quietly doing that all people have realized. But once you learn it, it is super dope. And I showed it to you today and you were kind of amazed, right? Yeah, it actually, it's so simple, but it really is impressive. Uh, I, I if you, So you send me this and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you right. just like type it into a browser. Okay, so did. hold on. Let, let's, let, let's, let's set the mood here, okay? So anyone who's near a desktop or even just if you're on mobile, go ahead and open up a web browser and then go to the address bar and type in, uh, I don't know, like doc.new, N-E-W, uh, form.new or sheet.new. And what is really cool is that they've bought all these domain names. So when you type this in, this opens up a new Google Doc, a new Google Form, a new Google Sheet. It's super handy and super simple. And uh, I'm amazed that they hadn't thought about this earlier. Me neither, but it definitely is something cool that I haven't seen a lot of uh, people report on, but it is definitely something super cool um, if you do use the Google suite of things as as we do, right? So uh, thanks, Google. We're going to go ahead and link to a Quartz article, and you can see all of the shortcuts and then all the different ways in which you can open up uh, docs, forums, sheets, sites, and slides. Uh, how does that sound, my friend? Sounds good. And and speaking of Google Docs, uh, I actually, uh, going back to earlier where my daughter was typing, I had to teach her about saving because oh, uh, right. she was using Word and uh, the way it was set up, there was no autosave for it. And um, she kept saving, but she was doing it like after every word. And I'm like, no, relax. You don't need to. You didn't set it up for, at regular intervals for her? No. I, this I, is just not, bad parenting, my friend. Yeah, I'm not quite like, look, I'm not used to using Word. Hold so, on. I'm looking for the number for child services. Please don't. I just keep typing doc.new in the address bar, so this isn't going to work out super well. No. no. All right. I think we should go to the paranormal. <laughs> Let it, yeah, let's head on over to the paranormal section. I'll see you there, Angelo. See you there. A double density PSA. Don't you dare copy that floppy. Nor copy it. Who cares? Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. But first, a note, something that is in the show notes, Angela, but something I want to discuss with you. The night that we were recording here, um, which is November 6th, right, is the uh, midterm elections in the United States, right? So this is, you know, like, do you want to send a message to your future self about how things will work out? Because we have no idea what's going to happen, right? I don't know if I want to talk politics. I don't know. I'm talking politics. Just saying, like, the idea of, like, we've created an accidental time capsule in the way that we record things. I'm hopeful for uh, what's going to happen, I guess. Uh, we're Canadian. We're, we're pretty liberal here, I guess. Vague platitudes, uh, from far above and beyond where I live a whole 45 minutes away. Thank you, Angela, for that. I echo your sentiments. My friend, we would make excellent, excellent politicians. Let's talk about local things first. Anyways, <laughs> I linked you to a, uh, a, subreddit post i guess about uh entitled weird noises downtown and so this guy recorded um on october 30 slash 31st he recorded some sounds that kind of sound startling because at first you hear one of them and you're like oh whatever it's just something in his apartment or something but then there's like a chorus of the same kind of sounds and it's super freaky it, it really uh i hadn't listened to them until just before we started recording 
and they're super creepy. It's it really sounds alien like. So let's just drop in the audio uh, right here. And this is thanks to Reddit user Indigo for sharing this. Yeah, it's super freaky because it, at first there's the one and then there's the multiple, right? And that's what I was trying to explain to you before you listen to it is like, it, like keep moving forward beyond the first one and then it'll hit you. When I was listening to it the first time, I was like, oh, this sounds like Gabriel's horn. Like it's, it's obviously the apocalypse. Yeah. And I've always found that, that sky horns type phenomenon really creepy, even though there's got to be an, an actual explanation. And I, I did enjoy how it was played with in uh, the movie Red State. I love that movie. Yeah. Kevin Smith at his weirdest, right? I mean, no, uh, Tusk would probably be the weirdest, but definitely out of his comfort zone with that one. For sure. I never saw Tusk though, so I don't know. Shouts out to John Goodman too uh, in Red State. Love that guy. Um, so this is one of the uh, moments in which I'm like, you know what? I'm going to head and check the C-section, uh, even though usually you shouldn't do this. And a user named Perpetual Student 996 actually breaks down what exactly the sound is, as well as the city advisory for them doing work, which is kind of um, the best reporting one can do. Yeah, but it makes it boring, and it's it's like a mundane, actual city working thing. Too bad. I guess. So apparently, according to this guy, um, it's a process called trenchless pipelining, which is why um, that sound is the way it is, because they're lining pipes. Doing it that late at night, though, that's kind of crummy for people. Yeah, but it doesn't surprise me anymore with the city. We are just, um, we might, I'll try and see if I can find an image of all the construction zones. Like if you go to like the Montreal city website, and it's just the entire island of Montreal just covered. It's It's just orange everywhere literally everywhere my friend yeah i uh i'm glad this is and then look you wonder why i'm trying to convince you to move out here yeah but it's not gonna happen because you always complain about the train we're going from underground to way above ground so a couple of months ago you robbed me of the chance to be the first to say the words panspermia on an episode no i am robbing uh, you have the chance of uh, talking about an interstellar object. We're talking about Oumuamua, of course. And uh, I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts about this um, alien vessel thing. Um, could be a probe, could be nothing at all. It could be a series of rocks together, could be one big rock. No one's quite sure, uh, but some people have some ideas. Okay. The thing is, is, people are freaking out over this and making a big deal out of it because it's coming from a couple of Harvard uh, scientists. And I guess they're astronomers and uh, they... Are, Wait, you guess it? Like, I guess I can't like remember economics. Like, I can't professors? be bothered to remember these things, Brian. Um, <laughs> Didn't bother reading the article. Yeah, Doesn't know they're what time professors it is. of economics, and uh, <laughs> they, they've looked into this. And their friend told them that it might be a solar sail. So they're they're positing that it it because it's so strange, it may actually not be something that's natural. Right. So I need to save our reputation here, like the double density reputation. Uh, they're astrophysicists, just as an FYI for real. Yeah, um, I'm, just I'm being silly, Brian. I'm being silly. <laughs> I know, but like we were just making this clear. But yeah, a, a number of astrophysicists are saying like this is too likely of an object to be, you know, random rocks. Yeah. And, and like NBC News picked this up, CNN picked this up. Um, and they're, of course, because it's a Harvard astrophysicist that that's positing this, they're, they're thinking, okay, this is like, it could be aliens, but there's a much more measured take on uh, The Verge by, uh, in an article by Lauren Grush, who kind of breaks them down and says, look, they're, they're kind of 
talking about this because this is what they're interested in. These two astrophysicists are interested in interstellar life. So they're, of course, going to talk about it in this uh, context. So it is a bizarre object. It is something that's really weird, but it is probably just a comet because the thing that's throwing people off is how it sort of started speeding up as it went through our solar system. Right. So it's a process called excess acceleration. Um, and what they're sort of positing is that if this boost in speed is not natural, but as you're about to probably tell us, it is quite natural. Look, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just a comet, Brian. I would hedge my bets on that too, just based on the fact that like comets tend to degas, right? As we were going to talk about. You like talking about gas today. Gassing, degassing, asteroids, comets, above ground, underground, Stardew Valley, all of the things here at all times here. Uh, we are just a multifaceted podcast. If we were Ira and the douche, we'd have the uh, fart sound right now. Well, why don't you put some in? Put some no. sound effects in all over the episode. No, I'm not going to do that. Would you want to do like a morning zoo type of like episode one time? I think it would turn Welcome back to Double Density. Angela, what's going on with you today, my friend? Let's take a call first, though. Oh, Reggie, you're on the line. No. Think about it. No. Put it in your mind. No, I don't think Let that it would marinate. I, I'd uh, probably just take the first uh, Oma Oma out of here and just fly <laughs> off into the to the uh, into interstellar travel but you haven't uh so the the big uh two words though that you haven't said yet they're it's a solar sail is what they're calling it they're saying it's an alien solar sail and that's because it, it got near the sun and accelerated right that's what a solar sail does but is it is it like cynical of me to think they just want publicity because obviously you're going to say something like this i don't want to say outrageous but like this is going to get you some headlines and well, yeah, obviously it has I mean, the, the term alien, as we've discussed, is very, very, very loaded, right? So in this way, when you're describing an alien solar sail, it actually literally is an alien solar sail. Alien is non-earthly. And then solar sail, because it is accelerating, probably due to it being a comet or something of, of that nature, right? It's very clearly explained by, by Lauren Grush in this article. I, like, I, if you hang out with Joe Q Public and you're like, yo, guess what? Like, and this is me, Smash Bros, uh, cap on backwards, dude. If I say, Hey, alien solar sail to like Joe Q public, they're going to be like, Oh, and they're going to picture little green men on a literal surfboard. Yeah. Like silver surfer. Exactly. Except not as sad and like goofier looking. Yeah. And not coming here to tell us we're all going to die. Yeah. Norn rad. Don't be a herald. Uh, be the free man that you know you want to be. But uh, yeah, let's. we're going to continue uh, looking at what Oumuamua could be. Well, like a comet, it keeps coming around, back around on our episodes. It's true. And, and I love how you put in the notes, let's relax a bit. It's probably not aliens. Yeah, it really isn't. Uh, I saw that uh, tweeted by quite a few people, and uh, I, I agree with all of them. Something else that you want to bring up this this week is the concept of a giant laser beam emanating from Earth as a sort of uh, beacon for alien civilizations. Yeah, a friend of the show, Zach Saichi, uh, posted this on Twitter. What did, what did his tweet say? Like, leave them alone or something like that? It, yeah, it, it yeah, exactly. made me laugh. And I I figured we should talk about it. There's like, they, they want to like beam out a laser beam that can reach, was it, am I right to say 20,000 light years? It's 20,000, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And it's like a beacon for aliens. The the thing is, whenever I hear beacon for aliens, and if there are aliens, I like, I'd rather heed the word of uh, the late, great Stephen Hawking and not like harass the aliens. I so there's like so much I want to talk about with this one. Um, firstly, uh, who's going to power this uh, beacon? Uh, we can barely agree uh, nation to nation about how to uh, do normal stuff. Never mind this other stuff, like tariffs on metal and stuff like that. It's like who's going to want to power a laser? Who, like just imagine that you get to the UN. It's like who wants to take charge of the laser this year, guys? Like it's going to be the weirdest kind of debate. 
certain president's going to want to build the biggest, most beautiful laser you've ever seen. Uh, I find it kind of interesting, but also like what a, a uniquely Earth concept. Yeah, because it's like we're a beacon of light in the universe. Uh, my my favorite uh, suggestion though is to build it on the far side of the moon. With the where again, yeah, and the secret astronaut corps can maintain it. This is perfect. I mean, we that we already know there's a moon base there, right? Like, yeah. Didn't uh, somebody meet Obama there? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's what's his uh, name, Brian? What's the guy from the Philadelphia Experiment, right? Uh, so the man that you're thinking of is Andrew Basiago. Oh yes, a man who calls himself a chrononaut, whatever that means, uh, who claims that he met Obama on a Martian moon base. Or sorry, on a Martian base, on a Martian moon base. That seems kind of strange. He did not meet him on Phobos, but actually on Mars proper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's close enough. Moon, Mars, same thing. <laughs> oh, Andrew Basiago, uh, fact fiction. It's all kind of relative. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure he's wrong. You think so? Oh, explain. Show your work for extra points. Look, I'm not going to go write a paper about it or anything, but I, I think he's probably wrong. So, what do you think? Like, is it a good idea? to be harassing aliens with like laser pointers as if they're like cats. Imagine they're cat aliens. That would be crazy. Like the Qatari or whatever they're called from <laughs> wing commander. From wing commander, They'll be right. super pissed. <laughs> so I actually more seriously was thinking about this, right? And I was thinking like this gigantic, um, uh, laser beam slash porch light, uh, is, is light pollution, right? Well, of course it is. Yeah. And like, okay. we're putting it out there into the universe. So then I started thinking like, what if, and like, this is just me, hypothesizing it and me sort of like thinking about things in like general conceptual ways. But like, what if we're just too noisy of a planet for anyone to want to visit us? Like apart from the light pollution, there's just noise everywhere constantly. I, that's, that's one way of looking at it. We're like noisy and they're just avoiding us. The other thing is I always think back to, um, I was going to say guardians of the galaxy, but not guardians of the galaxy, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. How like, we're just like debris in the way and they're just going to bulldoze us out of the way to build a new highway in the, in the sky. Are you saying we're a little garbage society? We're, we're, look, uh, in the vastness of the universe, we're nothing. All right. The tagline for the movie Alien, what is it? Do you remember? No one can hear you scream in space? Yeah, in space, no one can hear you scream, right? But why? Because in space, sound doesn't travel theoretically, right? I mean, like, like sound waves, not actual sound, because that travels. There was that movie where the kids went into outer space. I think it was, uh, was it Explorers? And all the aliens, like, talked how we talked on TV shows. Am I thinking about the right movie? I think so. I mean, I, 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 that is one movie I've not seen. Uh, if you want to talk about the terrifying flight of the navigator, we can do that. Oh, that's probably, yeah, that's scary too. Scariest Disney movie of all time. My friend, I was so excited to see that movie, but it freaked me out. It was on the wonderful world of Disney on CBC when I was like six or seven. That's when I remember seeing it too. See, that's how, Hey kids, Back then, you had to wait for TV shows to come to you and movies to come to you because you couldn't just pick up and press a button and they'd be there. That That's something that like my kids will never understand. No, yeah. Would you show this movie to your kids willingly? Uh, Explorers or Flight of the Navigator? Flight of the Navigator. I think it would bother them. The idea... So uh, to anyone who doesn't know what Flight of the Navigator is, basically this kid, with the help of an alien spaceship, travels eight years into the future and everyone presumes that he's been missing for those eight years. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad too. It's super depressing, and uh, he's like aided by like the spaceship computer, right? Who's voiced by I think it's Pee Wee Herman. I think it's it's Paul Rubens, if I'm not mistaken. The internet's right here. I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to go ahead and confidently say Paul Rubens. Oh, and just to note, he in those eight years he hasn't aged. Everyone else on Earth has aged, but he hasn't. Yeah, it's a weird premise for a kids' movie. It's freaky. It's freaky as heck. 
Yeah, it's like the people in um, at the end of uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they come out and they're not having aged. Oh, yeah. And I remember that really throwing me off when I was a kid, and my sister had to explain to me the theory of relativity. Uh, how old were you? I was like six. Okay. So you were being explained scientific concepts at a very early age. Yeah, I've always been into science, and uh, I think my kids are too. So Flight of the Navigator is good to go for them. I don't know. I think I think it would freak them out, and it's kind of old too. Would you rather show them that or uh, Close Encounters? I think they'd be more frightened by Close Encounters, especially that scene where the little kid opens the door. Oh, yeah. And it's all, like it's beautifully shot. Yeah, I agree. While uh, mommy is at work, I'm going to be home with the kids. Maybe I can uh, watch great time some, then. Uh, some good alien movies with them. Uh, start with Alien. Wouldn't it be great if, if your wife came home and like there's just like silence in the house, like no one wants to make eye contact? We're just, well, yeah. <laughs> and then you could argue, I just showed them a Disney movie. And, and my, my, my son's like, they, they, they mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> um, at least is that not like Song of the South, right? So, <laughs> Oh, man. My daughter, every time we're on Splash Mountain, asks me about where this is from. Because she knows it makes me uncomfortable. And that was, so what do you answer? So my daughter does that. She, she, she knows the answer to something where I've asked her a question, where she's asked a question and she asked the same question again. And every time she's like, where's the song from? What is this from? It's from that movie that they can't show anymore because it's sort of racist. So she just needles you. Yeah. How old fun. is she? Nine. Awesome. I just, yeah. I can't wait to see how this goes in the teen years, my friend. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, rewinding things about 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> talking about the idea of silence and space, right? So the idea is that like, in theory, perhaps a scientific civilization um, much more advanced than ours doesn't need, has no use for sound, right? So maybe through their own version of evolution, they don't have ears necessarily, or they have very finely tuned ears to hear things um, at large distances. So the idea of a noisy planet does not interest them at all. That's possible. And the thing is, is if they're that advanced, they couldn't make it here, right? We're just, we're nothing to them. Yeah, we're a garbage society, as you said. Like, actually, Antino, garbage society. If anyone wants to remember anything from this episode, let that be the takeaway. Well, I'm sure the, like, the ants think their little tunnels they build underneath our, uh, our houses are great. And then when we excavate them and destroy them all, uh, they don't think uh, we're so cool. Mm, I just love how positive this episode's going. Yeah, um, look, we've got like a solar sail uh, scoping <laughs> us out. And then we're trying to shoot lasers at them to say, hey, look, we're here. The saddest Star Wars ever. All this to say, aliens are probably going to kill us. I, you know what? Yes. Uh, it's going to be an alien microbe, though, a la the Andromeda strain. That's more frightening, actually, to me. And much more plausible, I think, too. If it could survive burning into the atmosphere, like, in, uh, upon uh, earthly entry, chances are it's going to get us. So maybe I'll show my kids Mars Attacks or uh, War of the Worlds. Uh, that'll just show them out. signs while you're at it, dude. Like, why not just throw that into there? I don't want to bore them. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I agree with that one so much. Uh, that movie can have a half hour of its running time uh, cut down. And uh, as you know, Rob and I discussed that on a special episode of Our Strange Guys. So go ahead and go find that on your favorite podcast app. I think this is a good place to end it. Everything is sad. Everyone's going to come attack us. Watch out from above. Watch out from below. We don't know where the next threat is going to come from. But friends, lovers, acquaintances, and others, just you know, do what you need to do with your day. Keep on keeping on. And if the aliens want to reach us, where can they reach us, Brian? 
they can go ahead and tweet at us if they have intergalactic twitter at double underscore density facebook.com slash double density podcast same thing on instagram and head over to double density.net click on the contact button go ahead aliens give us your alien garbage we actually did get some spam this week so i'm gonna go ahead and just use my phone's email app to pull that up for you angela how does that sound sounds great all right so this is from Listener feedback from Charm Date AJJ. The message is 9,000 for an iPhone video games. Um, this seems just like a bunch of words. Decreasing Saj DTV newly. You might have pointed out that Kate Upton's boobs wish you to pass the time. It's a link to a spam website, a smartphone game generally known as Bet on Warfare, a flame period, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like they were just doing like a keyword stuffing here. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not very good spam. Try to figure this one out. Technology area, and I would have only abused all these people. Min evaluating something different. No, they know what we're we're about. They know keep up about. with keep up with the delusion Kardashians. Yeah, that sounds great. And look, if uh, we have uh, our former guest uh, Lollipop the cat, if you want to reach her, just shoot a giant laser beam into this guy. She'll True, be very she'll happy to attack it. Uh, just one last note from this email that we got. Tool Zoom. This company is brilliant at letting you know how to touch on pals. Oh, okay. These uh, are, go ahead and this touch is on great listener feedback. Uh, oh, yeah. If anybody wants to reach us, though, please uh, hit that contact button, send the spam or anything else. That's about it for episode 81 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as we don hard hats and go deep underground to discover the dark secrets of Fraggle Rock. Angela, I shall see you around, my friend. See you later. Uh, millennial versus uh, late baby boomer, I'd imagine. Or no, no late I'm not Gen a X. Baby boomer? No, late, am I 60? Late, late Gen X.